afternoon. Hi, how are you? Welcome in. Sports Radio WEEI. It's Arkin and Mego. Christian Arkin here. Megan Ottolini right over there as we uh, get into day two of will they or won't they play this football game. That's uh, the front of a lot of people's minds here along with, uh, of course, the condition of DeMar Hamlin, which is uh, what everyone's concerned about, thinking about, talking about. Uh, the Patriots are not talking today. They canceled player access. They canceled uh, coach was going to speak. Bill Belichick was going to speak. That's all going to resume tomorrow. Um, and there are some updates here from Troy Vincent, which we'll get into in just a minute. But first of all, Megan, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm making you talk first because your name's first. <laughs> That's true. Everyone's like, he gets top billing. He should talk first. So That's true. Um, uh, I, I want to get in right into this Patriots availability, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Because uh, behind the scenes, I know that... I get to talk first, and that's it. Bill Belichick, exactly. Now you're (laughs) done. You can sit there and relax. Uh, Bill Belichick was supposed to talk this morning, and he actually pushed up his availability 15 minutes early. He wanted to go even earlier. And then the NFL comes down and says, you know what, given everything that's going on with the Bills, uh, they don't have to address the media today. They have contractual obligations to address the media a certain amount of times a week, including the quarterback has to, the starting quarterback has to talk to the media during the week of practice. Uh, And since they gave that to the bills, for some reason they gave it to the Patriots. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but it, that feels like I'm going to start with, it would have been great to hear from Bill Belichick today. Yeah, I can confirm that. Given his status in the league. Yeah, I agree with you there. And there's, I mean, there's no doubt that he still carries, even though the team's not that great this year, there's no doubt that Bill Belichick is still a major power broker behind the scenes in the NFL. He's an elder statesman. He's this guy who's been on all these teams and, you know, coached all these different decades and everything. And he still wields a tremendous amount of power and influence in the NFL. I I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say that the... That they're angling their way out of uh, media availability, but I do know that that organiz- organization doesn't like to give media availabilities, sure. and they're unless they're completely one hundred percent on their own terms, which is not the everyday avails that you get down at Gillette. They still let the media go to practice. Uh, I feel like I, I understand. I understand the NFL is a fraternity and it's a brotherhood, mm-hmm. and all these guys are affected by it. But we'll get to the comments from the Bengals, who were actually there, and Zach Taylor talking. They spoke today. They spoke today. The Bengals, who were in the middle of it. I mean, they were right there on the sideline. They saw the Hamlin go down. They saw the ambulance, and they saw it up close. They didn't see it on TV like the Patriots and like we did. They saw it right there in the field, and uh, they spoke today. Um, Zach Taylor spoke. I don't know if uh, the players did. I don't know if they heard from you know the players who were involved in the play or anything like that. I wouldn't that. expect them to. I wouldn't either. They were there. They're Taylor, directly impacted. Taylor came out and he uh, discussed his interactions with McDermott. He talked about you know the uh, the big decision and how that all went down. And it was I thought uh, good to hear. It was good to hear these coaches sort of speaking about it and you know going through the the next steps here of whatever's going to happen after this. And for those two teams, we don't know. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. The Bengals don't know what they're going to do. The Bills don't know what they're going to do. Those are two teams that are obviously at the top of the AFC playoff picture and they have a lot riding on that game and a lot, you know, riding on what happens next. The Patriots do too. And I understand maybe if Bill was thinking, you know, it's inappropriate to talk about Matchups. It's inappropriate to talk about, you know, where we, how we're going to attack Buffalo's defense or whatever with all this happening. And I, I sort of, on some level, I get that. But then don't come out and say that. If you're Bill Belichick, why can't you just come out, make a statement, 
say all we care about is you know Hamlin and everything else, and and we're ready to do whatever Buffalo wants to do, and and we'll go forward from that. But say something. I guess I wonder how much of it also is just because there's a lot that is hanging in balance, mm. and as you said, Bill Belichick holds a tremendous amount of sway within the league and league decisions. He's a power broker behind the scenes. So maybe he is involved in discussing some of this about how week 18 is going to unfold. What, uh, you know, what, I guess, leniencies have, should be given to the Bills considering the outrageously tragic situation that they're in right now and that it's something that if you are watching any of the updates, it seems to be changing kind of yeah. every 24 hours, but it's a slowly progressing situation. It's not one of these things as we said yesterday, where it's going to be 4 o'clock and we're going to go, oh, look at this. He's good now. Like, they're, you know, they're letting him go from the hospital. Like, mm. that's not what's coming on the horizon. It doesn't look that way. Um, based on some of the updates that we've gotten today from the hospital, from uh, Hamlin's family, and so forth, it seems like this is something that's still very much ongoing. There was another update recently from uh, the Buffalo Bills who said that Hamlin is uh, still in ICU. And they're still continuing to monitor and treat him. And that's uh, that's about as much of an update as we've gotten so far, which is to say not much of one. Um, Tommy Curran tweeted this out when uh, he announced the canceled player access and, uh, and media availabilities. He said, it would have been good to get perspectives from players on their feelings, but the situation is so tragic and unique. Those perspectives will be there tomorrow as well. Spoke Tuesday with a player, was told virtually all discussion had been centered around Hamlin and not a potential game on Sunday. So, again, I mean, we, we sort of... I understand wanting to to hear from Bill. I understand wanting to hear from some of these players. And I understand seeing how Cincinnati is talking today. It seems like they should maybe be ready to or at least be on uh, on call to. But I also think you have to take into consideration, you know, we, we talk about players and their sort of mental health and we talk about them doing things on their own schedule. And I think everybody's giving Buffalo all the time that they need for all of that. There may be some Patriots who are having some trouble with this. There may be, you know, uh, players on the team, maybe Bill himself. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't say, but I do think that there's, there's a time and a place for, uh, for, for platitudes, and there's a time and a place for, and I'm not saying platitudes in a derogatory way. Like, I think platitudes can be a good thing. That's sort of what can I mean they? here. Yeah, you can have a platitude that's positive, a positive platitude. I about, throw it uh, in with, like, a cliché. Is that the same thing? Yeah, like, oh, you're giving me gross platitudes. I thought a platitude, like, people use it sarcastically, but I thought a platitude was on its face, like a good thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Is a platitude, would a platitude involve, like, you know, there's only one set of footprints? Because that's when I was carrying (laughs) you. I was carrying you. I think that's something else. We need more genuine platitudes. (laughs) Right. When I think of a platitude, I, I, in my mind's eye, I see the kitten that's hanging by the branch, and Mm -hmm. it's like, hang in there. Like, these are platitudes. I think of platitudes, and I think of the the duck-billed. Uh, little amphibian thing, and then I go, oh, wait, that's a platypus. Uh, Platitude is a statement uh, with a moral content that's used too often to be interesting. (laughs) So there you go. My bad. All right, never mind. I forget the platitudes. Just keeping Uh, you honest. Yeah, and I deserve that point. Uh, Yeah, I think that, um, you know, for for this team to to come out and speak, they don't know if they're even going to play yet. They don't know what they're going to say. Like, what's there to say other than whatever you have to say about Hamlin? And I think at this point, they probably, the team or Bill Belichick should have said something by now. 
I just think that that would have made so everybody else is talking all the other teams in the AFC like you're here the rest of the league's moving forward and that's sort of part of this that's uncomfortable but also just true you know like there's going to be games this weekend they're going to play football this weekend not every single team maybe but the league's going to keep on going and eventually you have to talk about it and just today would have been a good opportunity well and they're out there practicing right that's the other side of it so the part of Kern's tweets that I thought were interesting was that very last part where he said spoke with a Tuesday with a player who was told virtually all discussion had been centered on DeMar Hamlin and not a potential game Sunday. So that's still in the immediate aftermath. We're talking about the day after Monday Night Football, and mm. they don't really, you know, they don't come back to practice. I know that they watch film and that they hold meetings and everything, but they don't really get into things on right. until today anyway in a normal game week. But I'm wondering about the level of distraction. You talk about mental health, and that is... I I think we've all raised our awareness of how important that is for these athletes, especially athletes in these very physical games where um, there's physical symptoms that then manifest themselves, even with like a, especially with a head injury or something like that into then emotional issues. But with a traumatic event like this, it's like, there's also a level of distraction, I think, that you need to take into account. And I'm not trying to make this sound like a soft thing or anything. I do think about um, Simone Biles. Do you remember the argument that she made about why she didn't compete at the Olympics? Um, this was in vaguely, the most yeah. recent Olympics. She took herself out. She had been she got the twisties. Yeah, she said she couldn't she, land. Right? She or had started. Yeah. Um, it looked like she got spooked or something when she was uh, doing. I can't remember if it was the vault or something. Sorry, I'm not a gymnastics expert. Okay, it's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Could have fooled me. But I do remember this was a debate, and she came out after she, you know, pulled herself out of the Olympics and said. I don't feel like it's safe because I'm doing something so physical and I don't trust myself right now. And again, I'm not trying to be like be soft with the league or anything. Like I want these guys to talk today. I'd love to see them play Sunday. But when you're playing a physical and an extremely dangerous game, I think you do wonder about the level of distraction within these guys where they're sitting in team meetings and they're not even... They're not even approaching talk of the game, it yeah. sounds like. You got to be focused. I mean, like, to play an NFL football game with other guys who didn't go through this thing, like, you have to be out there. You have to be focused. You can't be, you know, hung up on, on something. And it's hard. I mean, they're trauma. These guys are traumatized. What they saw on the field was an incredibly traumatic thing. And some of them watched it happen. They watched it. The- they created a wall so that the cameras couldn't see what they were doing. They were all looking right at it. Like, I don't know yeah. how you do that and then come out and, and try and go back on the field again. And that's just me talking personally. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm just some guy. But, like, that that to me seems almost uh, impossible to ask of, of the Bills right for now. For the Bills, for sure. I mean, that seems re- almost impossible. And while he's still in the hospital and his status is still unknown, I just, I mean, for me personally, I don't I don't understand how, how you could even ask them uh, about that. And speaking of things that it's hard to imagine asking, yesterday we talked a lot about the uh, five-minute warm-up. And oh how uh, and how the league was suggesting that uh, you know after after Hamlin went down, warm up for five minutes and let's get this game going again. Troy Vincent denied that yesterday. Troy Vincent, in a conference call for media members uh, yesterday, came out and said, "No, no, no. Uh, we never intended to restart the game, and we never ever uh, uh, gave him a five minute warm up. And the fact that you would even report that is just so uh, so terrible and so." He insensitive. made it out like it's disrespectful that you suggested that we suggested a five minute warm up right, right after this. So that's why the quarterbacks were warming up on the sidelines, right? That's why yeah. Steph Diggs had that big rah rah speech. Hey guys, we should probably okay, focus. I'm going to say. <laughs> Just because yeah. I know some people who know Diggs, I'm not sure that that came from the NFL. <laughs> like, no, it came I think from Steph me Diggs wanted it. to continue playing the game. <laughs> 
That's oh, okay. Six. Yeah. All right. I saw Dig. Yeah, there was there was reports Diggs was trying to get guys back going again. And I mean, at the time, who knows? But Troy Vincent, Gosh, one we got day, five minutes. We got to hurry up. <laughs> one yeah, right. One day after saying uh, denying the whole thing, Vincent today. I just want to be clear. The suggestion alone was inappropriate. It was insensitive, and frankly, it lacked both empathy and compassion for Demar's situation. The suggestion to warm up and come back after five minutes, right? Isn't that what was he's saying? Insensitive, like, yeah insensitive and it lacked empathy and compassion for DeMar's situation who was still in the woods fighting for his life that day. What it sounds like to me is that Troy Vincent has done a full Rick James flip-flop here and is now saying, yeah, uh, we did suggest it and it was wrong and we shouldn't have done it and it was inappropriate and we apologize. And I think he's trying to sneak that in here uh, through some uh, crocodile tears is what it sounds like to me. Yes, no. So I, I would love, I know we can't get this right now because it's it, I think it, this Troy Vincent availability happened like five minutes ago. Mm. I'd love to get it for later in the show, my guy Ryan, if we can find it anywhere at some point. I'll oh, be me, you're on talking Twitter. to me. Yeah, but because I, I want to see the presentation because you know how you can detect someone fake crying? Yes. And it's like a performative cry. And for me, I watch that and I'm like, ooh, how did they learn to do that? I want to do that because... I used to be able to do that when I got pulled over by a cop when I was a teenager. And it has since become so hardened by being pulled over 22 times that, like, it's just routine. Yeah. I'm going down a different different road. But, <laughs> I didn't know I was speeding. Yeah. Oh, officer. But I, I just, the disingenuousness of it when it's something that's so serious, why can't you just say we were operating in, in real time yeah. of an emergency? Sure. It's fine to say that. We were trying to do everything in everyone's best interest. There's a certain level of unfortunate routine that we've gone through with these traumatic injuries. And we were following that until we we quickly realized this was not routine. Right. And that was one of the messages that was relayed in real time. It was obviously something that we did not follow and we didn't intend to follow once we realized how serious the information is. That's all you had to say? Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't have these PR crisis experts in Troy Vincent's ear. Or maybe he's just got too big of an ego to give them the time of day for a second to listen to that message. That could be. And also the NFL's, I think, uh, modus operandi is to deny everything and, you know, say, well, no, that's not true. And how dare you accuse us of this? And then it finally came out or something. And he's, you know, now, well, I just want to be clear. The suggestion was inappropriate. We shouldn't have suggested it. And he's right. That suggestion was inappropriate, but people will get over that and forgive you because ultimately you did the right thing. The fact that yesterday you're attacking anybody who suggested you even did this is what everyone was pissed off about, right. and it makes you look like an a-hole, and it makes us all seem very disingenuous. You're right, you're right about that, uh, Mego. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the uh, implications here for the Patriots. The Patriots not speaking on this today. Um, we had other coaches around the league speaking on it, including Zach Taylor. We'll hear about that and we'll hear from the breakdown from Burt Breer of how all the things uh, went down on the sideline that day. It's all coming up right after this here on Arcan and Mega. Sports Radio WEEI, Christian Arcan, Megan Adelini. It's Arcan and Mego here. We got Dan Orlovsky joining the show at three o'clock. Scal will join us at four thirty. Nice uh, showing from your Boston Celtics last night. Jesus. Oh my God. That was that was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Try that. Save it. That was that was the low point. Horrific. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say a little preview. Got a got a whole ton of notes on the Celtics just right. where I can. Very um, good. I was taking them last night. <laughs> uh, worst, worst loss. Lowest point since last January's Knicks loss. Wow. Absolutely the most I remember disgusting that game. Yeah. game I've seen from this group since Horrible. Then. Like, we always talk about that as the low point, like rock <laughs> bottom of last season. Oh, then they turned everything around. Yeah. 
you know, don't say the coach's name who helped make it happen, but nah. We'll see. We'll see what Missoula has in his pocket. We'll see. Um, yeah, that was a uh, that was an ugly one last night. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show when we talk to Scal. In the meantime, uh, more from Troy Vincent here, and uh, this was interesting. Troy Vincent not ruling out the possibility of postponing the Patriots-Bills game on Sunday. He said the overall well-being of the Buffalo players and coaches will guide the league's decision-making process. Now, that's interesting for a couple of reasons. He said postpone, not cancel. He didn't talk about forfeiting or anything like that, as uh, I believe it was Mike Reese across the street was sort of suggesting yesterday. Might be a, uh, might be a possibility. Um, postponing. That also implies maybe they'd postpone the Bills-Bengals game, and we don't know that that's happening yet either. So they're kind of painting themselves into a weird corner right now in terms of the rest of the schedule, which, again, is secondary, and I don't want to repeat this all day, so I'll just say uh, from here on out that the number one thing, obviously, is Hamlin and what Dump, I right? think you probably okay, did. Okay, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're a callous a-hole. Sorry. Day, day two. I'm getting loose. <laughs> getting loose all right i feel strong because i'm wearing my Wu-Tang cannot shirt. will not be stopped megan hurricane megan over here sorry you're just <laughs> yeah i was so offended by the way that you wouldn't talk about damar hamlin's condition i know every five all minutes you care about is the schedule all you care about is what this means for the patriots making the playoffs not even a good team well i'll tell you what i think the patriots are probably going to Walt Ray are going to moonwalk into the playoffs at this point. I mean, look at look at the way things have gone here. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty wild. And I'm not here to say that they're lucky or anything. Obviously, you don't want no, this sort of stuff awful. to happen. It's a terrible, terrible situation. But for the Patriots, I mean, they were a fringe playoff team. And I think every year in the NFL, you see stuff like this. You see a team that's like on the outskirts looking in, and then a bunch of teams lose or, you know, a bunch of random things happen, and that team gets into the playoffs, and everyone says, wow, they shouldn't have added that extra wild card. Any team can make it in this year and I feel like it's like that but times a million and way way tougher to talk about or even think about so uh, based on what we saw yeah I feel like the point at that we're at from this Troy Vincent press conference and it's an awkward zoom press conference so we're going to try to grab sound as it happened but it I think it's still going on yeah, it's a conference call yeah it's a conference call so uh Elena Getzenberg who is a uh, Buffalo Bills reporter for ESPN. She had this just a couple minutes ago. She said, Troy Vincent said that they will let the Bills coach Sean McDermott guide them in terms of a potential decision about delaying Bills Patriots, said it hasn't been discussed again, focus on everyone's well-being. So I find that interesting. I think it's the right move, at least for this week, to handle Bengals, to handle Bills Patriots, go to McDermott and ask him what he feels like is you know, this safe and compassionate thing for his locker room and what they're going through right now. Right. Just, I mean, we're talking about this week. We're talking about a week, like seven days after the fact. I know. I think we can let the coach call the shots in this time and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may when we get past this week. I I still feel like we won't even realize until we get into the playoffs how much we'll be looking at this and going, we were in the direct aftermath and nobody really knew what they were doing in terms of how to function this schedule out and how to make it accommodating to traumatize football players. Yeah, that's, uh, this is new. I mean, this is a new uh, situation that we're in right now and uh, one that I think whatever they choose to do is going to be accepted and I think okay with everybody unless they really unless they really try and rush everyone back. And it seems like, at the very least, the NFL, who is not known for self-awareness or compassion or 
appropriateness or any of those other things, it seems like they're at least on the on the verge of doing the right thing here. So we'll see what Buffalo wants to do. I don't blame the Bills if they want to play, by the way. I don't think there's any problem with that. If the Bills want to play this week and they feel like that's the best way to honor their teammate or they feel like that's the best way to sort of think about something else so they're not just you know sitting there driving themselves crazy over their friend in the hospital, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by the way. And I've heard people say, ah, how can they play? How could you possibly go back out there? I think that's what people do in response to trauma a lot. Have you ever met somebody who throws themselves into work yeah. when everything in their life goes sideways? I feel like that's 50% of people. I think that's very I'm normal. I'm one of those people. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very normal thing to do. Uh, there's no there's no issue that I have with that. We have Troy Vincent. Let's, uh, let's hear from Troy Vincent. He was on the conference call. Here's what he had to say. What went in the decision to give the teams five minutes to warm up as though the game were to continue? Um, I'm, I'm just sure I'll take that. I'm not sure where um, where that came from. Um, frankly, there was no uh, no time period for the players to to get warmed up. Frankly, the only uh, the only thing that we asked was that uh, Sean communicate with both head coaches. Um, to make sure they had the proper time inside the locker room to discuss what they felt like was best. So I'm not I'm not sure uh, where that where that came from. Uh, five minutes warm up never never was never crossed my mind personally, and I was uh, the one I'm saying I not to be selfish, but the one that was communicating with the commissioner. Uh, we never, frankly. It never crossed our mind that, to talk about warming up to resume play. That's that's ridiculous. That's that's um, insensitive, um, and that's not a place that that we should ever be in. Okay, Wait. well, I guess he didn't so deny he, it. No, he doubled down. <laughs> he did double down that it was never even a, a suggestion, which, again, is hard to really believe because Joe Buck said it multiple times and the guys on the field starting to warm up again. Uh, Joe uh, Joe Burrow was uh, tossing the ball on the sideline. So, please, again, you know, I, didn't, I don't know how Pelissero got that quote that I read before. That was his tweet, which made it sound like he was saying, yeah, you know, the suggestion to warm up for five minutes was inappropriate and we shouldn't have done it. He it seemed met, like a mea culpa. It might have just lacked that context. That we heard there. Context I don't know. It being sounds very different. Suggesting <laughs> yeah. that we would even ask for this is uh, is what's inappropriate. How dare you? Really, really, it's Troy so Vincent? Weird. Really? Like why? Why are you shaking your finger at everybody instead of just saying, "Hey, it was a fluid situation, and we did our best, and ultimately we got you know we we canceled the game." It's the backlash to the backlash. I suppose. I, I think that they feel like they're getting screamed at. I know they're getting screamed at by a lot of uh, NFL media mm. about that five-minute uh, warm-up that was thrown out there on the broadcast yeah. from ESPN. And ESPN, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck have both gone on the record with the New York Post with Andrew Marchand and said, we got that directly from the rules expert who talked directly to the league to say this is what's happening in real time. Like, uh, you could also just, instead of having the, the sorry, I think it's fake outrage but having the fake outrage of how dare you say that we were going to do something so insensitive. Can you just say, hey, you know, in a lot of these awful injuries, that's the yeah. that's the way it operates. This is what we always do. So maybe something done. was, how about maybe something was lost in translation <laughs> yeah. instead of being like, how dare you suggest that so as annoying. if they've never operated in bad faith before. Yeah. This is the NFL. You're the NFL. So don't be sanctimonious with it's us. It's fine. Yeah, please. It's just so annoying. Um, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. I don't have control of the uh, call screener here. Mega oh, I got me. it. Yeah. Let's go with, uh, what do you say? David in the car. He's been waiting the uh, longest. David, what's going on? 
Hi, good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking the call. So yeah. is this the show, you guys? Um, I, I know there's been a lot of changes in the station, so this are you guys show today, show David, David, this is the we show you're listening to right now. <laughs> we have a show today. We're doing it today, and this is the show today. That is the show, yes. Okay, cool. That is good. All right, so Tomorrow may be a different thing. show, but this is the show today. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, so I, I think with a game this weekend with the Patriots and, and uh, the Bills being in question, I feel like it should be played. Not that would take anything away from the situation that's going on, but I think the longer they go and if they postpone this game, and, and it, I think it's worse. You know, it's just like you guys just briefly mentioned that sometimes when there's trauma in your life, you know, a, a parent, uh, a, you know, a brother, a sister, a loved one passes away, and, and I've had a situation happen where people will go to work right away. They don't, and the reason for that is because you occupied your mind. And, exactly. And, and this is different. It happened in a field, and I'm, I'm not saying these guys aren't still under, they're, they're still stressed and everything about it, but the more you sit, the more you dwell on it, the worse it's going to be. Uh, you know, the, the, the game between the Bills and the Cincinnati, that's a different story, you know, I, I think, to get those you know, teams playing. But I think the Patriots and the Bills, you know, it's not fit of the Patriots either. If Bills decide they don't want to play, then should we be looking at being a forfeit? Because it's not really fit of the Patriots. And no, I see why the Patriots. David, not- I know what you mean. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think that that's. Uh, I don't think you can really say that. And thanks for the call. I don't really think you can say that about it being unfair to the Patriots. The Patriots are getting a lot of breaks here. Like the Patriots are getting more breaks than anyone could ever possibly want for. I think that's. Uh, that's the point. If there's. If there's anything that's unfair. It could be maybe to the Bengals and uh, and the Bills and the seating there, and you know who's going to be the two seed or the one seed or the three seed with the Chiefs and all that. Like that could be that could be problematic, I think. But postponing the game for the Patriots, giving them more time to get ready for Buffalo, like I don't see how that really is unfair to them at all. If you want to talk about bad breaks, look at this Bills season. Mm. Look, in their community, it starts off with a mass shooting at a local oh God, grocery yeah, store right. in Buffalo. Yeah. And then it goes into Josh Allen, their star quarterback, having some kind of bizarro baseball elbow injury that throws him out of whack for a couple weeks. They have torrential blizzards coming through. It feels like every two weeks and have to play one of their games. They have like three road weeks because one of their games, they have to hang out in Detroit for an extra week, which is punishment enough for anyone. I say that as someone who's born outside Detroit. It's punishment enough. <laughs> and and the, obviously, this is a whole other level. But... It's not been like some Cinderella season for no. the Bills. So I wouldn't say, hey, this is so unfair to the opponent. Yeah. I, they're just going through so much more. Yeah, yeah, they are. And this is, again, I mean, I, we keep saying unprecedented, and in a way it sort of is. They've had other things that have happened before. Uh, the Kennedy assassination, 9-11. I mean, there's been other tragedies that affected the whole world. This, I don't know, this isn't that. This is one player and it was something well, that it affected everyone who personal. watched it. Yeah, it's and everybody. It's extremely personal to this team. Sure, and that's and that's I think what they have to be sensitive towards, and they are, and it seems like they're doing that. Uh, let's try um, David in Florida. Go ahead, David. All right. Well, just a second. Sorry. There you go, <laughs> David. David. Hey, You're how on. You doing? Hey. Uh, happy New Year. You too. You know, this is one of those just weird things when that, that, that famous quote, like "Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans." And I think that was like a Beatles song, actually. But, you know, I think it was uh, the I mean, somebody, whatever. Uh, at any rate, um, I mean, there's only one, in my opinion, there's only one correct way to handle this. And uh, I mean, we talk about 
by, by uh, Ham, I, I can't get his name correct again. Hamlin? Yeah, Damar yes, Hamlin. 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 But obviously, and needless to say, his well-being is paramount. The, the well-being of, of the Bengals and the Bills yep. is second to that. So, I, I mean, pressuring, keeping that in mind, pressuring these teams, and even by extension, the, the rest of the NFL, to, to, to have to play because of business-related and economic and money-related matters is callous and hypocritical. I mean, if you have to cancel the rest of the season because the players and even the, the NFL is the players aren't ready to play and, and, and they're ready to play mentally, psychologically, physically, emotionally, then you cancel the season. I mean, and you, and, and, and you, you make adjustments financially. I mean, David, right, thanks, thanks for the call. David. Appreciate it. Um, I sort of got where he was going there. It was just taking him a while to get there. Uh, canceling the season's not going to ha- They're not going to cancel the season. And that's not where we are. I yeah. understand jumping to that. We're talking about this week. Like, we are two days removed from this. Yeah. Well, so, is it, has anything changed for you guys? I know at the very end of the show we were talking about, you know, if you felt like this game would get played on Sunday. And in the moment, it really didn't feel like it was possible. Has anything changed since, you know, the end of the show yesterday? No. No. I feel the same. I, I understand there's, there's incremental progress in DeMar Hamlin's medical condition, which is great, but I, I don't think it's enough to give peace of mind to his teammates and to his coach, I and mean, that's a part of it, too. We had, uh, Have we gotten into the Zach Taylor sound yet? No. Uh, Zach Taylor, coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, spoke today and gave a uh, almost blow-by-blow of what happened on the sideline, which I thought was uh, extremely compelling and, uh, and interesting. He talked about his interaction with McDermott and some of the Bills players, and uh, here it is. We separated his teams. Uh, the officials, again, did a great job of coming over to me and saying, hey, um, you know, they're, they're still trying to process this moment here, uh, Coach McDermott and their team. And so um, instead of playing telephone on separate sidelines, the decision was made just to go over there and, and make sure we're all you know, talking together. When I got over there, uh, the first thing he said was, I need to be at the hospital tomorrow, and I shouldn't be coaching this game. Okay. Uh, he spoke for a while about that. He did say that he wasn't going to get into like the private conversations he had with McDermott or with Josh Allen or any of the other players, but uh, that was sort of a, a, a look behind the scenes there. He did mention how um, upset T. Higgins was. And he said that, you know, Higgins was really going through it and I was trying to comfort him. And then, you know, we saw McDermott and we talked to them and, and kind of just made the decision there. There was more in the blow-by-blow from, uh, from Burt Breer on Monday morning quarterback. And uh, one thing about that that I thought was very interesting and a little, a little dark was uh, the very first bullet point that Breer gives you about what happened on Monday night. He said, first and foremost... The first responders on the scene, by all accounts, enacted the emergency action plan that is in place and rehearsed annually right down to the route the ambulance takes to the hospital at all 30 NFL stadiums. One Bengal staffer mentioned how perhaps the first sign of real trouble for the home team was seeing the Cincinnati training staffs rush to the field to tend to Hamlin. Likewise, the Bills medical staff and the independent medical people on site reacted quickly, administered CPR, and used an automated external defibrillator to try and stabilize Hamlin. Every single football stadium has an emergency action plan with a route that the ambulance takes to the closest hospital. Now, it seems like that's obvious, right? Like, yeah, they should all do that. But sort of 
sort of hearing that and then realizing, oh, they had to do this. Like, they had to actually enact this thing that they'd planned for, which I'm sure they thought was, like, never going to happen. And now here it is, and it just sort of goes to show, you know, this is the NFL. These are the realities of, of this league, unfortunately. And, you know, this one was obviously different and, uh, and and a level above that, but that's just what they have to be ready for all the time. It's the nature of the sport. Yeah. I say that as somebody who loves football, and it's been a huge part of my career, and the NFL in particular, but... It's an extremely dangerous sport, and I think it's something that we all try to push out of our minds, the realities of the sport and what these guys put themselves through every week and many times in practice as well. We see injuries happen in practice. But I will say this. For all the flack that we give Troy Vincent for what he vomits out of his mouth when he's in a press conference and all the crap that we give Goodell for how he mismanages things in the league – the first responder stuff that they have set up at the stadiums, that they rehearse this in case of the one guy who needs it Yeah, in, you know, 50 years. I think that tells you in some kind of very, very, very slim silver lining. You know, we talked about this a little bit off air. If there's any place that this could happen, this is one of the safer places. And, you know, in comparison to I know this has happened in Little League uh, games here mm-hmm. in New England and High having games, yeah. having the support staff there and having them be prepared to take on something like that is completely life-saving. Yeah. So it's dark, but it's also you have to give credit where the preparation goes into something like yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely you do. Uh, 617-779-7937 yeah, is by the, the way, number, yes. As far as uh, the things that Troy Vincent vomits out of his mouth, I have to give myself a demerit because that audio that I played earlier of him saying, frankly, that it's, it's insensitive, that that would even come out. I don't know where it came from as far as the five-minute warm-ups. That was from his conference call after the game on Monday. Uh-huh. Ryan! It's a mistake. It's only the, the it's the second biggest mistake that was made on the show today. It's okay. We'll find it. So I, I give myself a demerit. I uh, guarantee you that I will screw up at least f- five times worse than that once time an no, hour. No, Mego's already got me beat for the day. <laughs> Why? Because I said a naughty word? Yeah, you Filthy. She had to get Filthy dumped. Word. That's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a, another demerit there. Uh, 617-779-7937. There is your phone number. Uh, when we come back, the Patriots did practice today. They're at practice right now. And there were some players not spotted and some players who were back. So if we're operating under the assumption that they do play this game on Sunday, there is a game to talk about. We'll get to that next. The number one thing, obviously, is Hamlin and what goes on with him. That should go without saying at this point, I think. But uh, just so people don't think I only care about the schedule or anything like that. Um, You're callous ass. Really? <laughs> I think, <laughs> did I just get dumped, right? I think you probably okay, did, yeah. you're a callous, <laughs> you're a callous a-hole. Back your Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arcan, Megan Adelini. It's Arcan and Mega. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment at 617-779-7937. But there is, on the schedule, I don't know if they're going to play it or not, but there is a game on Sunday, Sunday the 8th, four days from now. And when you think of it that way, it seems hard to imagine that they're, uh, in Buffalo anyway, going to be able to get their act together and um, and do this. But if they do, and I wouldn't have any problem with the Bills if they decide they want to play, there was one thing that I just wanted to touch on real quick before we get to the injury report from the Patriots, and that's this. Um, When you want to sort of bury yourself in work after a traumatic thing happens, I get that. But you sort of touched on this in the beginning, Megan, and that's that if you're playing football and you're distracted, you can really, I mean, not that it needs to even be said in a setting like this, but you can really hurt yourself. Yeah, and I think what's difficult is that you know, what's good for the team might not always be good for the individual right. in this case. And they everybody processes this stuff differently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
there may be six guys on the team who are going to be absolutely, completely distracted and not focused and putting themselves at risk in a way. And then, you know, there may be 30-something guys who are like, this is, I'm good to go. Like, this is awful, but I want to get back into the game. And the nature of the sport, you can't account really... I don't know. That's where I really feel like it has to come down to being in McDermott's hands because he's the one who knows the locker room. Right. And he's the one who's with them and knows what they're going through and knows their personal character and their emotional state. Like, I don't think that this is this should be Goodell's call in any way. Yeah, it's I got to be there. McDermott's. I also it makes me think of like Brett Favre, you know, and how remember when his dad died and then he put up he scored like six touchdowns on Monday Night Football so or whatever. I always think of a yeah. Jalen Brown game yeah. early in his career when uh, the, his one of his good friends was in a horrible car accident. Isaiah he, Thomas after his sister, right, exactly. sister died. Yep. Yeah, and and they, we see people do that, but it's not to say that anybody's weak if they can't go out and perform that way. You just process it differently. Right. But in football, it's different because hey, let's just look at the danger of the sport. Yeah, and also in those situations, it's something that's happening to that one player. That one player's going through something, and he gets to be around his teammates and his coaches and everybody who sort of, you know, has his back and is there for him, and he can lean on them, and it's sort of a, you know, a, a different setting. Every single one of those players and coaches all went through this. It also happened in the game. Right. Like, so, I, you know, no, they're not going out on the exact field against the Bengals again, and I think that's probably a big cause for why they're not resuming this game this week because of... The emotional component of it, like yeah. having to go back out and just be face to face, even lining up against those guys, is awful. It's yeah. an awful prospect to think of. But um, yeah. it, it's not like this is something that happened—a horrible tragedy that happened away from the locker rooms, away from the field. It was in the game. Yeah, it was right there, and everybody saw it. Um, that being said, if there is a game to be played here, and the Patriots are playing in the game. It's very likely that they're going to be without Marcus Jones again. He wasn't at practice today. Jonu Smith also not at the media portion of practice. And I, I'll tell you, you know, Marcus Jones in particular, not having that guy, you think about this team and, and sort of what their shortcomings are this year and how much they've relied on him for big plays. And I just feel like not having him there, I know they beat Miami and they needed, you know, <laughs> needed the third string quarterback. How are they going to stop Skylar Thompson without? Yeah, Skylar Thompson. Jones. They didn't need Marcus Jones for, for Skylar Thompson, but against the starting quarterback, the Patriots this year are one in eight. One in eight against starting quarterbacks. In that lone win Jared Goff, was right? Jared Goff. They lost to Tua. They lost to Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Allen Wentz, Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow. Those That's are all losers. starters. Sorry, Bill, but it's true. Those are all starting quarterbacks, and they all kind of kicked your ass. Um this is obviously a different setting. If it's a if it's a team that's going out there trying to play and they're distracted, fine. I think even a distracted Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills still probably have a pretty comfortable win over these yeah, Patriots, especially if they're shorthanded. I mean, it's just it's one of those type of matchups. Now. We we really haven't even gotten into the Bills matchup because we don't know the status of the game. And right. It's still early in the week for us to get into that. But man, like I was at the last Bills game, the Thursday night game, and they they took their they absolutely took their foot off the pedal mm. like off the gas late in that game it was like you know what let's just save up for the next one guys yeah weird schedule coming up mm-hmm. so i i i don't see this impacting them in such a negative way that it's gonna i i, I know a caller earlier was talking about how this is unfair for the patriots because they're kind of in limbo right now practicing as usual and not sure if there's going to be a game right. and talking about the demar hamlin situation 
um, you guys are already at a tremendous disadvantage. And I I don't really see this leveling the field, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I'm sort of with you there. 617-779-7937. There's the phone number. Let's go to Matt. He is in Natick with a thought on the uh, season getting postponed. Go ahead, Matt. So um, this is more for like a, like a comparison, but like back in 2001, like NASCAR lost Dale Earnhardt um, on the final lap of the, of the uh, Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. And they actually ran the race that following week. Um, it, and it's like where someone actually died on the, on the race course and they're all friends and they actually, you know, run it where I know um, DeMar didn't die, you well, know, and he's looking, he's looking better. Um, but it's like one of those things where you actually lose someone and, uh, you know, that really impacted all those drivers and they, and they still, they still, you know, they still went out that next week and, and kind of did it. It was kind of more like a comparison, but. Yeah, like I see what, what you mean, Matt. It's not a team what, sport, I guess, is the big difference, I would say. You know, they're, they're all, they all might hang out and they all might be friends. I've seen a bunch of NASCAR drivers beat the crap out of each other after these races sometimes, too. So maybe they're not all friends, but. Good news out of Orlando, Florida. Dale Earnhardt died. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pete the Meat. Um, I think, uh. <laughs> I, I do want to clarify one thing because, How like, could you forget? I just I hadn't <laughs> heard in a while. News, apparently, <laughs> the callers and the textures who are saying, uh, I, I get the Dale Earnhardt point, and that's mm-hmm. in uh, devastating tragedy. Yeah, not taking away from that, but when somebody goes into cardiac arrest on the field, which has been confirmed, their heart stops. When you're giving CPR to someone, they're not breathing. So <laughs> I, I I think we need to like. If that's the way you're looking at this, is that he's still alive right now? I know I'm not sure that you've really understood what happened on the field. You're not grasping the magnitude of the situation. If you've ever known someone who's gone into cardiac arrest and lived, you're very lucky. Okay, like this is it is it's a killer. Yeah. So I, I just I don't I don't know I can't have that downplayed because it I, I'm not going to say you know that he lost his life on the field, but he stopped breathing. And his heart stopped beating. So you can define that how you want. Yeah. And the, the unfortunate reality of, of racing is crashes are a part of that sport. Like, it's going to happen. What we saw on Monday night, as, as the NFL said, it's an unprecedented situation. So, yeah, you still have to wait and figure out what's going on. And it's, it's tough to compare it to something that is actually, you know, fairly calm. Not obviously the death of a driver, but the crash, the, the ability to put yourself in danger while it's happening. Yeah. Those are all parts of the sports. This is not a, oh, it's just football thing. Not at all. Right. Also, that was the very end of the race. This was the first quarter of the game. They had to stop the whole game. The race finished like a second after the crash happened, I think. And uh, he died in the hospital. So, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not right. exactly the same. Like, I, I see what the, what the caller's saying. And I do think that it not being a team sport is also part of it as well. I mean, these guys are all, you know, they're on teams, I guess, but they're sort of all trying yeah, to win the I, race I don't themselves. think racers are actively thinking about you know their own mortality but right. i think it has to come up in every race car driver's mind that yeah some something bad could happen i don't think if you're a, a professional football player a football player at any, le- at any level you're thinking that i could go into cardiac arrest while playing a game i yeah. don't think it's across your mind one time um no i wouldn't think so 617-779-7937 is the phone number we'll continue with your phone calls in the next hour coming up next segment we'll talk with dan orlovsky of espn that's next